to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Sarda. I'm Chris Bevan of the Canton Repository, along with Joe Scalzo and Cliff Hickman of the Rep. The 2019 high school football season got underway this week, and it proved to be an exciting lineup of games. We'll talk about which teams and which games stood out in Week One. And Joe, let's start off with the Power League, the Federal League, seven and zero in Week One. Quite uh, quite an opening for the league. Yeah, I think we all thought kind of coming into this year that this might be a nice year for this league, but boy, seven and zero really sends a statement because you know some of these games, you know, I I thought they were kind of coin flip games, and and uh, I mean pretty much all of them were, were convincing, other than McKinley Harding, and Harding looked really good to me tonight, so um, that was a really solid win. So um, just a, a really strong opening for for the Federal League. Uh, it started Thursday night with uh, Perry uh, winning over Central Catholic at Central Catholic. Like 42-26, and Perry goes into that game without its starting running back. A guy that's making his varsity debut ends up being the running back, and quite a performance uh, delivered in that game, Joe. Yeah, and, and you, you kind of got a sense that you know they knew they had a really good offensive line. Um, so maybe I, I remember there was a quote from Max Millen. He says, "Is if we do our job, a fourth grader will be able to carry the ball and be effective in our offense." And and uh, you know certainly when you get someone that's that's really talented. That's uh, not a fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, uh, I think it's, you know, kind of become a, such a great rivalry, but you know, I, I the, the kid's name is Cundiff. I can't think of his first name, but, um, yeah, Cundiff ended up going for six touchdowns, yeah. which tied a school record set by Mr. Football, Keyshawn Sims, the year that he wins Mr. Football. So uh, anytime your varsity debut ties a school record, <laughs> went for 274, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Just a, a tremendous performance by him to, to lead the Panthers and, and get the league rolling. Looking at the other scores, and you mentioned McKinley, 32-27 uh, over Harding. Hoover routes Bookdale, 38-7. Lake routes. Ashland 34 to 7, Jackson over East 29 to 12, Green over Firestone 38 to 6, and then Glen Oak over South Bend John Adams 42 to 13. So in there, uh, 3 and 0 against the Akron City Series. And while Firestone is not going to probably be particularly good, East and Bookdale are both playoff type teams, and uh, Jackson mm-hmm. and Hoover with great wins over them. Yeah, I mean, I I I had heard so much about East talent, and obviously they they beat Jackson last year and and you know jackson lost a lot to graduation they had some question marks in the line and then for them to come out and just you know really you know kind of just power over them ethan atkins had a big night and and uh I, I, that to me is is probably as impressive a win as there was because i i think everyone kind of expected hoover to be good and they had so much back that you know maybe it'll take a couple of weeks for book to gel but but uh man you know that's a really good win and then i you know i covered mckinley tonight um elijah wesley was making his first start at quarterback he was not particularly sharp uh he's a really dynamic runner but they just put the game on lemire garrett's shoulders and uh he delivered man he looked like a a more you know an advanced version of of the talented guy we saw last year and and uh you know so to me i guess the mckinley and the jackson win stick out the most just because um you didn't quite know what to expect marcus wiley was in his first game for for McKinley, so um, you know, good job for for both those teams. I, I think in the Federal League, anytime 
you have an elite type running back, you can be a factor. And it looks like McKinley definitely has that mm-hmm. in Lemire Garrett. And I'm sure the, the passing game will, will probably come along. They obviously have talented receivers. And the quarterback, uh, Elijah Wesley, I think also is very talented. And, and we'll, we'll get up to speed on the, the throwing part of it. You were real impressed, though, you said uh, when you saw Elijah Wesley uh, run the ball. Yeah, he's real smooth. Just, you know, there's no um, there's no mistake in that kind of talent. You can see why they and, – and his arm strength was really strong. He just – he overthrew three guys that probably would have gone for touchdowns. He had a couple key um, passes that were, were called back by by holding penalties that would have been big gains because he had finished with a minus one-yard passing. That was a little bit uh, misleading. But um, you can see why they like him so much. And, and uh, you know, they had some issues with the secondary, but they were playing a really good quarterback, Elijah Taylor, for, for Warren Harding that, to me, is like a no-doubt Division One prospect. And, um, you know, that gets only a junior. So um, th- there's some some stuff that I think if you're a McKinley fan, you're worried about. But, um, you know, they came away with a win and when they weren't perfect. And, and I think they're just going to get better as the season goes on. The, the Jackson win, the, the thing that I think I'm impressed by is they lost a lot up front. They kind of changed the, the style. They're a smaller offensive line. But in reading Mike Popovich's story that's up on Friday Night Ohio, the, the lineman went to Coach Bud at halftime and said, hey, trust us. Let's, let's run the ball. And I think that shows where the program has come along, that the kids have that type of confidence. And that the coaches realize that, that, that it's not just bravado, that they're going to go get the job done and, and do it against, like you mentioned, a team that they lost to last year. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, you know, two years ago and beyond, they were kind of a spread wide open team. They, they became a little bit more smash mouth last year, and they're, they're kind of continuing that this year. That just shows like that that Bud's just going to take what they have and and you know mold a, a you know an offensive identity out of his talent rather than them just trying to you know fit into a system that maybe doesn't work and like you said there's there's trust there that like hey yeah okay if that's what you want to do I'll give it a shot and then you know obviously they deliver that and the next time they ask something like that then he's going to say yeah they, they know what they're doing they also broke in a new quarterback Gessinger at quarterback for them I, I think it was 14 of 18 so real efficient numbers for him through for about 150 mm-hmm. yards so they got to see what they wanted to from him touch real quick again on Hoover the thing that I think is impressive is that there's a lot of hype on them coming into the year and they and they delivered right out of the gate sometimes you see teams especially high school teams they've been hearing how good they are over a summer maybe come out of the gate slow and and this team left no doubt that it it meant business yeah I mean that's one of those scores that you um you you suddenly say okay not only is the hype real but um what are they capable of doing you know week 11 12 and 13 I'm sure they're not looking that far down the road but um you know when you're handling a, a Bookdale team that's you know supposed to be one of the probably three or four best teams in, in Summit County that way. And, you, you know, you're not even punting, you know, the whole night. Right. <laughs> um, that's pretty impressive. And then, you know, I, I mean, really – there's going to be some some team in the federally that goes two and eight or three or seven and be like a really good team because this, this league I don't know that you know we we thought Glen Oak and Green would be you know maybe a little bit of the of the weaker links and they came out and just pounded teams tonight so um, Porter Flynn for Green a big night and that's somebody you talked to in the preseason Joe mm-hmm. so no surprise there he's whatever Green does this year it's probably going to feature a lot of Porter Flynn and scored a couple of touchdowns running caught one receiving 100 plus yards rushing uh, for Glen Oak they use two different quarterbacks they both throw two 
touchdowns and a young man you talked to this week had a, had a good game in receiver. Yeah, Jamil Randall, who they really like, not just as a player, but just as a leader in the t- in the program. And, and uh, you know, it's been a while since they had they, what they called a real win. I mean, I know this is not a, um, you know, a Federal League team or anything, but last year's win was over a Canadian team. So um, the quarterback of John Adams is going to Virginia. He's a really dynamic player. Um, so, it, you know, it's obviously it's not a, a you know, Ohio powerhouse or anything, but um, hey, they're you know, from South Bend. You got to yeah. be somewhat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, you got a good player and you got some some talent, and, and you know, we haven't really touched on Lake, but they just kind of. I was saving the best for last <laughs> for Mister Bluestreak. I think that was like a one touchdown game or something like that at halftime, and and Lake comes out and just you know just runs away in the second half and that's what you kind of expect a federal league team to do against ashland but um you know they lost two years ago during a really struggling season and and uh you know so this shows how far they've come i think in a couple years that's the other thing that stood out to me tonight was a lot of these teams and and it even goes back to last night with perry made a real statement in the second half lake just blew that game wide open ends up with 500 plus yards of, of offense a lot of it coming on the ground I've heard a lot from from you, Josh Weir, when he's been talking to the federal league coaches. They, they seem to be emphasizing their conditioning and their mental toughness. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw that in week one, and that's going to make it real interesting when they start playing each other to see how uh, teams react to uh, each other in the second half uh, when when everybody thinks that's their strength. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make one point. I didn't mention this in the story, but Warren Harding had a lot of kids going down with cramps. Their, their starting quarterback missed – big pieces of the fourth quarter because he was cramping up. I don't remember anybody from McKinley cramping up tonight. So um, that stuff matters. They they came back and rallied to win in, at the end. And, and uh, you know. That was a factor last night with Perry and Central. Central yeah. had a lot of cramping issues and, and Perry uh, seemed to, to be handling the night well. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's they're, they're not debilitating injuries, but, you know, there's guys that are laying on the ground and they, they have to miss play. And, and uh, you know, they, obviously, if you come back in the game, your legs are a little bit rubbery at that point. So it matters. It just does in the first half, the first game of the season when it's 90 degrees out or whatever. Um, you know that, that those things and I, I wonder if tonight that that was a factor in McKinley's win we'll look at uh, Maslin a record-setting night uh, for a tiger and some of the other county schools in a moment the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year Sarda takes you to work school medical appointments and more Sarda where can we take you today Sarda could have got some work for Andrew Wilson Lamp tonight. Uh, huge night receiving for him as Maslin uh, put one on St. Vincent St. Mary, forty-four to fourteen. I think you know we kind of thought Maslin would have a chance to do something like that, but I I don't know that anybody thought that uh, Wilson Lamp would be the wide receiver who had the big night. Yeah, I mean people were kind of um, looking for him to make a step up because he had be he had emerged kind of as a hot Division One recruit, but he hadn't um, gone from production or player to production kind of thing and or prospect of production I should say and, and tonight he certainly did and and you know that was a that was a one possession game until you know again the second half um, they came out and just I think it was something like 23 to nothing in the second half or you know um, 
over St. V, which, you know, obviously is a, you know, one of those, um, powerhouse programs in, in Northeast Ohio. So, um, it just showed that, you know, everybody knew they had Jaden Ballard. Um, they knew they had some running backs. They knew they had, you know, Aiden Longwell. They just needed that, you know, that other guy and, and Andrew Wilson Lamp proved tonight that he can be that guy. There's a lot of division one talent on that Tigers team. So I think we'll probably see this throughout the year where any given night, it could be one of a half dozen guys who's putting up big numbers. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where you could be playing great football and then you just slip up for a play or two and then both those plays are touchdowns and you're like shoot you know that's that's what makes them so dangerous is they can grind it out but they can also explode in a play or two and and just kind of break the game open and and when you're talking about receiving records in Maslin there's been a lot of good receivers especially in the last Mm -hmm. 20 years as they've really opened it up yeah that's not a conservative offense no that's not a cheap record to own (laughs) so when you're talking especially talking about Devin Jordan who's one of the county's finest ever and uh, when you're rewriting some of the records and receiving at uh, mm-hmm. Maslin and, you know, with uh, Devin Smith a few years ago. I mean, there's been a lot of guys come through there and went on to, to play at the next level. Yeah, and it's, you're not, I mean, no offense to, to my our Firestone graduate here, but you're not doing it against, a, a, you know, a Firestone or a weak team. You're doing it in, in the in a game where um, there's... St. V's got athletes. Yeah, there's athletes all over the field. So, like you said, that's legit. The Goodwill Drive to Victory returns for a second season. The Drive to Victory to collect donations begins in week two with Northwest and Canton South. We're going to move on to the EBC and bring in Cliff Hickman. And Cliff, uh, EBC started play actually last night, the game you were at, Marlington and Poland. That's become a, a great week one game. But unfortunately for the Dukes, it's a week one game where they, they make some noise, have some impressive comebacks, but can't quite finish it off. And last night was another case of that. Uh, the Dukes fell 24-23 on the road to Poland. Marlington scored on a 14-yard touchdown run with uh, about a minute 13 to go. They went for two in the win, and the pass was intercepted in the end zone. And that was pretty much it. Poland recovered the onside kick and took some knees. But again, like you said, a great comeback. Uh, Marlington was down by 14 points with about eight minutes to play. Uh, C.J. Grinder threw a long touchdown pass to tight end Andrew Carr. It was a great play, and then they surprised everyone going for the onside kick with uh, about four minutes left, and, and they got it, and they went right down the field and scored again, and looked like they had all the momentum. I talked to uh, Coach Gulling after the game. He said he thought uh, Poland was going to come out in zone for that two-point conversion play. They went man-to-man and they shut down the curl route and jumped it and got the interception. But a great showing again. C.J. Griner, the quarterback at Marlington, looked great last night. A really solid game. I think the Dukes are going to be one of the best teams in the EBC this year. I was going to ask, what? obviously they want to win the game. They don't. What is Marlington taking away from that into week two and beyond that they're going to really think, all right, we did establish this here. This is going to be a positive for us that we can build on. Well, they were just from a size standpoint outmatched. You look across that line, you're seeing six foot three, six foot four, 300 pounds over at Poland. A lot of guys like Jake Rutana from Poland that were back for two and three years at starter. And the Dukes didn't back down. If it wasn't for a bad third quarter, I think they win that game. They had uh, two short punts and a lost fumble inside their 40, and that led to 17 Poland points. And they kind of dug themselves a little bit of a hole 
hole there. But I think Marlington showed a lot as far as guts and being, you know, physically. Perhaps you look across the line and say, how is this team going to compete with that? But they did. You look at the rest of the EBC and, and not a great week one, but but the one win they had really stands out, and that's the the Alliance Aviators uh, beating Hubbard seventeen to thirteen tonight. That may have been the the biggest upset of the night, if you want to call it an upset. Uh, uh, they, this is this is a team that beat Alliance by fifty points last year. Yeah, quite a turnaround. It, it was really impressive, and there were similar circumstances. Alliance was replacing four of its five offensive linemen again for this game. They were in the same situation last year. Alliance lost numerous top defensive players, top defensive linemen, top linebacker, only you know one defensive back back. They find a way to get it done and it starts with the running game. You have Brandon Alexander at quarterback. He's imposing. He's six foot three. He carried 24 times for 135 yards and a touchdown tonight. And then you have Jeff Talbert who was out last year, did not play in this game, had a wrist injury that was a problem for him through football season, through basketball season. He carries 18 times for 116 yards and a touchdown. And that defense... Yeah, they held Hubbard to 146 yards rushing and just 3.9 yards a carry. So a really impressive turnaround. It looks like Seth Whiting really has them on the right track this season. I was going to say a real statement win for uh, Seth Whiting and the Aviators. Other EBC team to pull out a win, Salem over uh, Columbiana Crestview, 16-12. to uh, Looking around the rest of the league, United 28-22 uh, to over Minerva. Minerva, unfortunately, continues its uh, losing streak. It's at 41 games now. St. Clairsville, 28-6 to over Carrollton. Woodridge over West Branch, 24-14. And Kent Roosevelt at home beats Canton South, 26 to 3 any takeaways or, or what you're looking for maybe next week in those other EBC teams well it was a tough loss for Minerva that's the one that uh, I want to talk about because this was a team that could have packed it in they're they're on a 40 game losing streak they're down 21-0 they actually rallied to take a 22-21 lead in the fourth quarter Garrison Markins had two second half touchdowns the second one put them ahead they went for two and got it uh uh, but then United Local comes back and scores with 345 left to win the game. Uh, Markins, 10 carries, 78 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a guy that had a lot of experience last year. Uh, Minerva's really stressing running the ball. They do have some size along the offensive line. This could be the year that streak finally falls. You really hope so. It's a program that's very proud, a lot of tradition. They had some great seasons and really not too long ago was a 10-0 team in the in the old NBC so you hate to see any high school team going through that and hopefully they get that turned around elsewhere in the county Louisville lost a heartbreaker in overtime to Canfield and then uh, we'll look over at the IVC and uh, Sandy Valley won on Thursday night East Canton won tonight those are two of the teams in the North Division that I think are the top two going going into to play and uh, East Canton uh, had to really fight for the one tonight they ended up in overtime. Uh, Smithville hit a 30-plus yard field goal to send it to overtime. Then a cruel twist of fate. Smithville has the ball first. They scored the touchdown wide left on the extra point. East Canton's quarterback runs it in from one yard out. They make the extra point, and that's the difference, a one-point win for East Canton.
A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital FridayNightOhio.com Game of the Week continues Friday when Hoover visits Louisville at 7. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. Before we wrap it up, Joe, just wanted to ask you some quick thoughts looking ahead to next week. What are you looking for in week two? Uh, I mean, the first thing you look for is just, hey, is this Federal League, you know, for real? Or I mean, I, I know a lot of teams are, but uh, I, I'd like to see how, how, you know, Green and Glen Oak and, um, you know, handle their business second week because I think they're, you know, they impressed me tonight. So, um, and then the other thing is, I mean, you, you kind of look at that Louisville Hoover game. It's always a premier game for us, um, you know. Uh, Louisville's bouncing back from a tough loss. Hoover looked really good. You know, it, it, on paper, you kind of think, okay, you know, Louisville's probably the favorite there. But um, it's always interesting to see, like, because so much of what we learn in the first game, sometimes we overreact to. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams react. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work, 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where we can, where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for future episodes throughout the season. For Joe Scalzo and Cliff Hickman, I'm Chris Bevan. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.